Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this, which for me is my last session. Um, we, we've been addressing, <clears throat> we started with rank, power, and privilege in the morning, and then the session before this one was gender dynamics in the workplace, and then this is about multi-generations that work in the same system. Um, I love this quotation by Josh Orwell. Each generation imagines itself to be more intelligent than the one that went before it and wiser than the one that comes after it. That depending on which generation you talk to, um, we always think that we were actually better than them or we better than those who think they are younger than us. So it's really fascinating how, how you know, it's like when you, I do this work with a lot of companies, you'd go to company X or Y and they were saying, here, this is an engineering company, it's very complex. It's not like those financial services. And then you go to financial services, here, it's very complex. It's not like those manufacturing. So I guess uh, the same with regards to generations that every, every group says we more this than the other. Okay, let's start with some of the uh, important points that the multi-generational workplace presents a new set of challenges to leaders and organizations. Um, in the past, all employees held higher positions and younger employees did as the older employees told them. Um, there was very much, you know, when I used to, my first job, I was somewhere back there in the uh, free state power stations called Krachbron. And uh, the way I related to leadership and the way now leadership is being, it's like chalk and cheese. Things really change. For me, my supervisor used to be, this is what he says, try and do what uh, the older boss is saying. Today's workplace is changing and age does not always correlate with position. Um, you find a very young graduate having to have people who are much older reporting to them. Some of the complexities of culture also come in here. Um, we were working in one law firm and the, the senior partner in that law firm had to say we're doing some diversity work and he said this thing must stop that people must call each other uh, Danny and Wom whatever because it was, it was a firm that started being like this. And through, and I know, because I am I'm from the African culture, that there's something around deference to, to age that it's difficult to just call somebody manja, you know, um, that, that you grew up in a particular way. So I know the complexities of, I mean, he was adamant that imagine if you're calling uh, another partner or another lawyer, um, so and so, if you want to challenge him, it's very difficult to tell um, to fly away, you know? So, so it actually affects even the way, but it's cultural things, and we need to be sensitive around how, how people need to get out of some of those uh, practices that are cultural. So generational tension exists and can be described as a lack of understanding and respect to someone who's of a different generation to you. So what we are seeking to find here is that can we learn to respect and understand that what might be easy for you uh, is not necessarily easy for somebody else. And, and throughout the series of the workshops that I've done is that when we have better understanding, when we dialogue, when we engage with one another without making somebody feel that they're less than, without making somebody feel that their perspective is less important, that's the only way we can uh, get to a place of um, inclusion. Understanding the background, attitude, work styles, and preferences of each generation is useful in creating this respectful workplace um, that we need. You know, you might be, uh, you might find it interesting. Georgetown University did a study on disrespect. And it's amazing for what they published around employees who repeatedly feel disrespected. They took a sample of people who've experienced less than 30 incidents of disrespect in the workplace. The percentage of what they did as a result of being disrespected, what they reported is like 48% of them said they deliberately ensured that the quality of what they produce is less. 
Uh, the, 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 the one that made me laugh the most is like 68% of the people spend time avoiding the person who disrespects them. Like when I come, if it's you who's disrespecting me, when you come through the passage, I take a short left. I take the whole time I'm trying to avoid you. And others, more than 50% say they take it out on clients and customers if they are frustrated about. So, you know, it's important for us to understand that things like qualities and values and organizations have nice values and you find that respect is one of them there do we live it and it does make a difference when you live that okay we're talking generations um, generations those called the baby boomers uh, born between uh, 46 and 64 those called generation x born between uh, 1965 and 1979 uh, Matures or traditionalists much earlier, 1945, and, and then uh, the Gen Y, millennials, uh, 1980 to 2000, okay? Now, I want to say, because I, I, I'm definitely a Generation X, right? I'm not in the, I'm much older. You know, sometimes I have to learn even from my kids, can you, re can you read this? <laughs> hey? What is this? You know, I often say to my son that, you know, the energy you take in, it doesn't even mean shortcut. What is that? You have to be struggling to, what are you saying? And it used to bother me to say it affects your spelling. And I, I don't win that argument. You know, that's just how they communicate. So this is supposed to saying, are you struggling to attract and retain generation whose commitment seems more temporary than permanent? I would have never figured that out from that thing at the top. So, you know, we just have to, some of us have to get used to the fact that the world is tending, is changing this texting and all that. This is how we need to say, how do we coexist? How to ensure that we understand uh, um, this, this, this new type of language. So I always say how to speak Gen Z language. It's like, you know, so gobbledygook this. In my age, we spoke clean sentences in English, and this is how a sentence is, and even put a full stop, this is how a sentence must read. But these days, it's not like that. Using abbreviations, acronyms, uh, in both texts, and even acronyms in speeches. Um, so we really, some of us really have to adjust, okay? So who can, what's this? Norm. No offense meant. TBH. To be honest, I mean, really, just say it. It's not too long. Just say it to be honest. It's not a long sentence, you know, like probs. Probably. YOLO. What does YOLO mean? You only live once. <laughs> Whatever that, you know, too long to read. So it's... <laughs> So, so I, I say, I know, guys, that we have to adjust. Some of us have to be saying, hey, but sometimes you shortcut even when it's not necessary. But, but we have to say, how do we ensure we engage? This makes you engage. You know, my son is 17 years old. It makes me engage with him. And, and, and he will say, mom, never use the emojis, emoji, because you use wrong ones. Because... <laughs> Don't use them, you embarrass me. Don't use the wrong emojis. So stay away from that. It's not meant for your age. So, you know, we, we engage like that, but this is the world that we are in, right? Um, why the trend from texting, instant messaging, there's instant messaging. Like you are still talking, texting. Still texting. OMG, that's already so old school. And some of us thought texting, you know, only when you come around it. Um, to what extent do you agree or disagree with the following statements? I want to ask you. I believe that there are real generational challenges in the company. Too much time spent in meetings trying to get consensus on decisions prevents people from doing the real work done. Okay? Getting the real work done. It's okay to discipline an employee for inappropriate comments placed on Facebook page or from a Twitter account. In practice, alternative or flexible work arrangements are unfair to unmarried employees without children. We gathered these from some of our workshops for different generations. When people aren't in the office but connected through technology, we still suspect they probably can't fully engage in their work. 
When I see people multitasking at meetings, I really believe they have divided attention and are not always listening. I must say this for me was one of the biggest area of learning because I do a lot of workshops and people are sitting in their laptops. I, I will mention research to say this is what research says this and this and somebody's checking me right there, checking on Google whether what I'm saying is right and, and, and it used to affect me. I used to say, can you just close your laptop and be present? They said, no, this is how we go, this is how it goes. So I've had to get used to a lot of things um, to, to adjust to the way it goes. Now, now, if you look at the, the baby boomers, the generation that's maybe to us uh, exiting formal employment and the opportunity that it presents with the generation that have just entered, um, which is uh, like the millennials. Here are some of the statistics in terms of which countries have a lot of millennials. So we can search ourselves there. Here's South Africa. Uh, just in terms of the number of places like Germany, can you see that they have less of the millennials? And we, Iran has the highest in terms of young people that, I mean millennials that are out there. So this graph just shows you that in organizations that are not focusing on maybe succession planning and all that, there's a, there's a lot of work that we need to do. Um, we are a country that has a lot of young people. And I know that a lot of them are not employed anyway, but they are still within a system that whatever it is that we do has to take cognizance of the fact that this is the South Africa that, that, that um, we live in, like Vietnam, Pakistan, and that's quite a high number of, of millennials, right? So if you look at that in a future work study, um, of global trends. Participants said generational differences cause the most conflict when it comes to the following. These are ranked by order. Uh, work style and work ethic, that normally this is a point of conflict because we don't understand each other's work ethic or we misinterpret what I think is lack of ethic um, and it's only seen as a different work style. Uh, parental status, personality, language, um, you know, work-life balance to say to what extent extent are we balancing the work and life if I work from home, the perception that if you are from home you are not really doing work. So it's quite interesting how we see this. So South Africa did work around classifying generations um, because there was a lot of challenge that if you say baby boomers, I mean it, that was very British, there was something happening and the babies were booming and uh, it wasn't happening in South Africa. So I know we use those as categorization but there's been work done in South Africa to say if you correlate, if you try and create our own categories as to rather than use baby boomers but um, how are using South Africa-like categories, and this is what people have come up with. Um, what they call the apartheid generation are those during these years, roughly uh, equivalent to traditionalists, not exactly, but this is the work that has been done here. What they call struggle generation, I fall here, uh, within this, this one, roughly equivalent, maybe some baby boomers. They have transition generation and then uh, the bone freeze. I know we hear more about the bone freeze. Those people who were born uh, after 1994. So your bone freeze are there. So what, what, there's been talk and movement in South Africa that decolonize yourself. Stop saying baby boomers. You don't even know where it comes from. Try and use something that um, you maybe can identify with which is around events that happened in your own country, okay? Um, but do not forget, there's something called Afri-millennials. Within millennials, right? Um, those people, you often hear about black techs, ne? You sometimes I've heard it. It's in inverted commas because personally I don't agree with the term but I understand what it's supposed to mean. Um, but within the whole group of millennials, there has been a particular group of people who feel that amongst the things they have to grapple with is the so-called black text. Can I just ask you, without putting black people in the room in, in, on the spotlight, uh, do you see black text as a burden or responsibility? Just anyone who feels like... 
I knew an, an actuary will put them together. It's a responsible burden. You know why this is an important part? You, you, you hear a lot of debate about black tax. Black tax meaning that, yes, I grew up, somebody took me to university and then took me this and this and this. And then at the end, I feel I'm perpetually indebted uh, because I have to pay back. Others is not so much being perpetually indebted, but there's just a fair expectation um, that because the whole village brought you up. You know, we like saying in, in African countries to say you are brought up by a village. So if the whole village brought you up, the auntie from next door bought you a uniform, this one brought you shoes, this one paid for your school fees, this one. So it is a village. Ne? That minute you graduate, the village is looking. So it's like, how do I think back? So it's, it's, it's really often a matter for me, I think, of attitude. But I just want to hear, let me hear the one view that it is a responsible burden. Let me hear from others. Anyone willing to talk amongst the Afriminilias? Yes, that's ma'am. Yes. I think it's both. Oh, sorry. I think it's both. Um, well, I see it as both a responsibility and a burden. So, for for example, for people like who are really close to me, like my parents, I feel like it's a responsibility if they need help or assistance in any way for me to um, to assist financially or whatever the case and then a burden in cases where like you know um, distant um, family members that you don't even really interact with and then they're asking you for money and you know they expect you to buy them this and buy them that but you're like we don't really have a relationship for me it feels like more of a burden yeah, yeah. so that's why I say I think it's both yeah and it's this there's a hand there yes I've, I have, um, I've seen little of this, but what I've seen is I think if you're surrounded with someone who is not um, responsible, responsible for that, the two next to each other, mm -hmm. the, the person that needs to deal with this might feel that it's a burden and it's unfair because um, a different culture next, next to him or her mm -hmm. doesn't have to deal with it. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. very much in, in the surrounding they're in, Mm -hmm. It might feel like mm -hmm. a burden, and then yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. And I just find it's an important debate because sometimes people talk without uh, having the right uh, perspective and actually understanding that to some people, like for me personally, my parents died when I was, my mom died when I was 16. I was still in, it was grade 11, it was called standard nine at the time, still had to go through matric. All my aunts gathered around me. One paid for my school fees, one paid for my res, at, because when I went to university, so four of my aunts really produced what I am today. So when I finished and I graduated and I even went to, I went to Fort Hare, one took me for honors, I went to UCT, they were all amongst them to say, what can I pay for, what can I pay for? So when I finished, what was making sense for me is that because their kids were younger, I contributed big time towards uh, uh, two of their children work for me now as well. So I, I don't see it as a burden. I just see it as, for me, I think it's an honor. It's a privilege to thank them back. Um, but of course, there'll be those in the corner who never contributed even one thing to you and who look at you that now that you think you are this and that, they are always there, right? But in, in the context of uh, you see it as something that you need, you need to give back. It's an important principle that we need to... I, I have to tell you this. You know, when you run workshops, you hear things. Um, As people were saying, yeah, uh, uh, black people, there is this term called... Uh, they, they were calling black people in that workshop, Heldenes. So I said, what is Geldenese? Yeah, all what black people know is just Geld and buy a ace. It's and you know, sometimes people talk things out of total ignorance and you can be so irritated by lack of knowledge. But people were laughing in that workshop. I particularly felt it was horrendous uh, to say people are Geldenese because who doesn't tell me any professional, regardless of color, who doesn't want a car when they work? You don't want a car? What are you driving? I use public transport. I fly wherever I want to go. I still don't have any interest in a car. You don't drive a car? No. Wow. One and you want to, I, I have to say, 
I have never met somebody who working as a professional at your level and does not have a, a car. But generally, you cannot point it to people as if when you have a car, it means you're selfish. Really, it's such a useless thing. But thank you for sharing your experience. I hope you're telling the truth. You life as if you are. The way you're laughing at me, it's like you're just laughing at me. You're making a joke. Okay. So what was interesting around the different generations, Australia did a study that you might find interesting uh, around the baby boomers, Gen Xs, and millennials in terms of what they call, uh, based on a survey of 1,200 workers, uh, measuring this, their strengths and weaknesses in the workplace. And they found that uh, in terms of who has executive presence, uh, the dark blue being the baby boomers, more of that, uh, who's generating revenue, uh, the Gen Xs, who's more adaptable, you can see with the pink here, the Gen Xs followed by this, who's, this one is the one, who's more cost efficient, who's wasting money. Um, and they, they, their report is that the millennials, the cost effectiveness goes to the baby boomers there, the tech savvy, this one is obvious, ne? who's more tech savvy. 78% uh, of millennials, and uh, who's good with relationship building, people who care about building relationships, and um, they found that, again, the Gen X is in the middle, problem solving, this is what they found, and collaboration. So it seems from this, this study of theirs, uh, the Gen X has come across fairly good, hey, in terms of me, like, our group, <laughs> the Gen Xs, our, our group comes, comes across quite, quite good here. Okay, uh, I want us to play a short video clip and Here's maybe my you've group. seen this. This is Generation X, 45 million people in the U.S. Uh, tend to be the most cynical, unhappy, unpleasant, and unlikable people you'll ever come across. <laughs> That's kind of a generalization. But if you think about everyone you don't like, they're all Generation Xers. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> A quick compare and contrast will spell this out very clearly. Now, let's talk first about the baby boomers. Baby boomers in this room, when you were a newborn baby, brand new, fresh, still steaming baby, how did you get home from the hospital? Likely like this, right? In a parent's arms on the front seat of the car. The car had a metal dashboard. The car had no seat belt. The, at the time, the reference to an airbag was Uncle Joe. Don't talk to Uncle Joe, he's an airbag. Don't let that guy, don't talk to him. It has no context like it has today. In Baby Boomers, if your parents truly loved you, brand new, fresh, still steaming Baby Boomer, if your parents truly loved you, they cracked the window while they smoked on the way home. You can see this, right? Baby boomers in this room, were you ever told that you were special and unique and different from everyone else? Probably not. If you ever heard something like that, it sounded something like this. What do you think, you're special or something? <laughs> so it was actually an accusation to stand out. To be different was an accusation. And then today, let's go to the slides. Then today, we begin to see things like this. These are my daughter's ribbons from the swim meet this past summer. We have 8th, 10th, 7th, 9th, 8th, 7th, 5th, 11th, 10th, and another 11th place ribbon. <laughs> That's a talented child, isn't it? I, I do not make this up. She got an 11th place ribbon in a six-lane pool. This summer, I'll drive my children again to North Carolina from Mobile, Alabama. They'll all be in, a, in the car seat doing what? You know this. What are they doing back there? Exactly. This. TV. This. A game. Something like that. Many of them have a headphone on. I can't hear. And I should be grateful that they're quiet. But I feel like there's a rite of passage in our nation that is being missed on these kids, and that is being beat with a yardstick on a road trip. It's something that has helped all of us, I imagine, in some way or another. 
And I can just imagine making eye contact with one of my children somewhere between Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta and showing them this yardstick as I'm going down the road and making eye contact with them and them realizing slowly, he's about to hit me with this yardstick and saying to them, I can't explain to you why this is good for you. And they're in a five-point harness, so they can't run. That's the best part about it. They're in a five-point, they can't go anywhere. Let's put this in context for the millennials. This is a commercial that was shown on a television that people actually had to get up and walk across the room and touch the unit to change the channel. It was hand-to-mouth. Difficult times back then. This television had two metallic telescoping things that would come out of the top. And you would twist these things to try to get the signal a little bit better. Signal? Did he just say signal? Signal. When you twisted them around and it didn't work, you would go to the kitchen and you would come from the kitchen with a big sheet of what? That's right. If you said tinfoil, raise your hand. Look at them. Those are old people. It hadn't been tinfoil in a long time. If you said tinfoil, it's because your kitchen drawer is full of tinfoil because you won't throw it away. It's still good. Well, I don't need to throw this away. It's next to a ball of rubber bands or something like that. We might need all these things someday. One more. You would walk to the unit. You would place your hand on the knob. In perhaps a hurry, you would change it quickly and you would come away with the knob in your hand. And you would say things under your breath, you'd place the knob on top of that television, and you'd go and get a pair of pliers. There you go. There are people here who know exactly what I'm talking about. However, the millennials in the room are going, pliers? I don't know, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. I've seen these TVs at the Smithsonian in Washington. They're under glass. You can't touch them anymore. They've got alarms if you get too close. Wow. But every now and then, people produce truly special, uh, different, unique people. Contrast this with the ninth place soccer team. What are they carrying? Trophies. That's right. Oh, and nine. Trophies and pizza for everybody. Who's doing this? Right here. This is my generation that's making this happy. That happened right now. So I want you to contrast this. This has likely been a big part of your patient base and perhaps will be coming up. They're not gone. They're just a big part of the patient base. As an administrator, as the MDs back at your practices, whatever it may be, the chances are someone from this generation played a huge role in preparing them for what they do as either a teacher or more likely a mentor. Somebody took them under their arm and said, you can do this and I'm going to help you do it. This is where it's come from. This is what's coming. This is a lot of your history, your bones, where you've been. This is the next generation. This is my generation. This is the Xers and the Millennials. They're having babies. They're, 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 they're chock-a-block in, the, uh, in the maternity ward these days. This is a lot of where you got your values from, and this is who's back at your offices keeping an eye on things while you're with me right now. <laughs> Okay, let us stop generalizing because sometimes when you present these uh, groupings of millennials and Gen Xs and baby boomers, there's a lot of generalization that we do. So I want you to experience something. So in this workshop, we do some work. I'm going to ask you to self-select, right? Um, to we group people in the different corners. So you're going to stand up. If you are baby boomers, I'm going to ask you that you stand here. If you are, don't worry, they did it yesterday, it was a nice little exercise. If you are Gen X, stand somewhere in that corner. If you are the, in the middle, the other, um, I don't think they are wise here, young, young, Generation Z is not here. Ne? If it's here, I mustn't assume. Gen Z are those that are born way after 94. Okay, you know some people who might be doing internships here in the room, I mustn't assume they're not here. So these are the groupings of uh, the, the generations. So please, for the baby boomers on my left, all the baby boomers on my left, and uh, can I, I, I go to the, let me not use the, the one that must confusing, 
because this one is the, sorry, sorry, just give me a minute. I just want to, so that you look at it on the screen. Um, here, the Generation X, and then the Millennials, they can be in that corner. You can see the age groups. The Millennials, that corner, the Generation X. If you have any of the traditionalists, you can be in that corner. I don't think they're there. Yeah. Millennials. Millennials, yeah. Millennials, there. Normally, the, there's more between them and the X's. There's more of those. So, what are we going to do now? We're going to do something called, you are a tourist. You are going to tour a different land, okay? You are touring, you are going into a land that is not your own. You are going to another land. And here are the instructions. It's an opportunity to travel. And remember, when you are a tourist, you've got open hearts. You travel, you experience, and when you go into this land, you try and buy souvenirs, anything that's interesting in that land, and you explore, okay? So um, you want to explore the land that you are visiting, be open to experience those lands, respect the laws, the cultures in the land you are visiting, you are a visitor, um, not uh, taking residence, you are just visiting to gain awareness, no right or wrong when you're visiting that land, um, you are just a visitor. So what's going to happen? For each one of you, I'm just using baby boomers as an example, but the questions that apply to them will apply to all of you. So I want them to discuss. I want you to discuss. I want you to discuss. I want you to discuss the following. What do you love about your generation, which is the land that you are in right now? What are you passionate about there where you are? What's difficult or challenging in your land? What do you want members of the other generation uh, to know about your land. Um, so, and that group is big, and this one, what we did yesterday is that a group that's as big, a, as big as this, you group yourself within that into about three, so that as many people participate, you answer these questions. It will be easy for this group of two, so you just chat to each other, and, and yourself, just two groups. Just answer these questions, discuss firstly to say, what do you love about your generation? And um, what are you passionate about there in your land where you are? And uh, what is difficult or challenging in your land? What do you want others, if you are there, what do you want these and these to know about your pressures and challenges, vice versa? Go for it. You've got about 10 minutes to discuss. Or oh, eight. Okay, now I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with that group. I'm going to ask one person from each small group, and you are all reporting for your group, just to tell us, to report to us, what do you enjoy about that land? What are the pressures? What do you want others to know? Go for it. I saw a hand there, yes. Tell us which generation you are first. Um, generation millennials, I think. Um, so... You think? We, 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 decide, we, we thought that um, we aren't afraid to ask questions, whether it's at work, even to our parents, with more freedom and, we might say, risk appetite. We are willing to try new things. We are willing to adapt. Um, and also, we are part of a transition. Um, you said there are four classes to, from the South African context. So we are willing to try out new things. Um, also being the transition we have connection to you know the independence uh -huh. and the period before um what we don't like i think we don't have money like those other guys you don't what we don't have money like the other guys don't oh, you don't have money okay. yeah yeah we don't like that but <laughs> yeah, so that can be a challenge okay. okay thank you thank you we'll get back to that the second small group 
Let's hear from that group. Whoever touches the mic is yours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Let's hear from your group. All of the questions. Yeah. Just okay. talk about those. Yun. So I you see I, millennials I, like shortcuts. I want. Uh, <laughs> do we have to do all of them? <laughs> I don't want to repeat. So I think what is new was yeah. um, uh, adaptability. Um, okay. We've got the best of both worlds, and we also acknowledge that it is, in a sense, a bit of a weakness. Uh, we love our work ethic, so we don't agree with some of the information that you showed over the, about mm -hmm. millennials. Yeah. And we are generally a positive bunch. We've got a very positive outlook to life. Okay, good. Thanks. Let's hear this small group. The <laughs> Hi there. Um, so just one of the comments that came out of the group was one of the criticisms that's often leveled at us is a lack of loyalty. So in the mm. work environment, we move jobs more regularly than yeah. our parents' generation did. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the way you know, we've thought about it is the loyalty is more to ourselves. So we are highly driven by a sense of purpose and need to see an opportunity to engage, to grow. And if we don't see that opportunity where we are working, then our loyalty is first and foremost to ourselves and those who are important to us, and we're mm. more comfortable moving. Okay. Mm. Yeah, give him that. This, yeah. Let me just consult with my friends. <laughs> okay, one thing we can add is uh, appreciation for technology. Okay. I mean, I'm a 84 model, so... <laughs> I remember starting, I mean, with the plain TVs and the, the Pac-Mans and seeing how that developed, you know, every few years the technology has just improved. Um, and then one thing that's an advantage but also sometimes a frustration is choice. Okay. Even in career because the previous generation, they were used to almost just going for whatever mm. um, and it's simpler. But we were given all these choices and say, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Uh, so that almost creates, it's, it's exciting, it, it's but it's also complexity. challenging. Okay, yes. thank you. Let's hear, thank you, thank you to the groups. Let's hear the baby boomers. What I love about the generation, that I'm well off. I can afford to support my parents <laughs> and my kids. <laughs> parents died long ago, but I was supporting them. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I love about it is at the moment, any, any time of the day, because I'm retired now, I can either watch a live sporting event anywhere in the world or record it for tomorrow, mm -hmm. or on YouTube I can go back to any rock concert 40 years ago. I watched Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston yesterday. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. Um, what, what but what's great about the land I'm of... Only, I'm, let's a, say I'm, I'm only joking. You're getting there. I'm okay. only joking. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> What I love about our generation is we didn't expect anything. You know, it was that, that American, you know, yeah. uh, that was exactly that, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, my parents, my father, my parents never came to watch me at any sports events. I never went and spoke to the teacher at school. Uh, you know, that was just my should be. You know? mm. You're supposed to study. When I finally went to university and she tried to ask me, what are you doing? And I tried to explain, she just gave up. And that was the last time she ever asked me. Yeah. So we didn't expect anything. And Did it affect you that your, your parents never watched you play sport? Or? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was it. You didn't expect it. You didn't expect yeah, it, so yeah, you yeah. weren't disappointed. And yeah. they, they had good yeah. excuses, you know. They, they didn't get have, you. They didn't have motor cars. They were too busy. They worked too hard and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, fashion about is, is, again, the same thing that we actually not expecting. We... we but, you know, we're lucky. We are well off um, yeah. baby boomers. Uh, my okay. my uh, millennial son hates baby boomers. He's struggling in Australia, can't afford houses there because all these baby boomers there are occupying big houses that can't, they don't want to get out of. Mm, mm. Difficult and challenging is that, and it's actually to do with South Africa, it was probably the same all, all over, is that um, there's inher inherent negatives. As you get older, you get mm, grumpier. We mm. become, every year I become a grumpier old man. Okay. And, but I see it in my, in my colleagues. As well. Obviously, yeah. I don't see it myself. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> and that is, that is challenging in our land. Yes. But it's important to mention it as a challenge yeah. that, you know, this is 
Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, we work damn hard to get where we work to. And that's what I want you guys to realize. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Uh, this from the Gen X's. We've got, oh, there's a mic here. <laughs> they are shy. <laughs> um, I think some of the things that we appreciate is we grew up with our parents struggling, so we appreciate everything that we've had. Yes. Um, another thing is we take responsibility and accountability. So part of that is a bit of a burden because we are the responsible for everyone, our parents and children. Um, what else was yeah. there? Oh, yes. So we tend to stick things through, stick yeah. through to the end. Mm -hmm. So it's that commitment thing that yes. we have. So if you start something, you finish it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was anything else. Yeah. yeah. Work. What, in terms work of? Work ethic? <laughs> yeah. Well, the one of our difficulties is not being able to say no. Mm. So. Especially to our kids. Mm. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Now you're going to do something strange. I'm going to ask the... Oh, is there? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you did one. Please, let me not exclude. No, she does. Um, I think we... Um, relationships... Oh, you know what? You're close to a speaker. If you move forward, the sound will be better. Yeah. Okay. Is it better now? Yeah. Okay. Um, relationship building stood out for us and then also the fact that we could play and not have like 10 extra murals that we didn't really want mm. to do mm. and we had privacy so um, you didn't report on everything you did we were oh, present this in is the an moment. important point yeah um, yeah so even though you didn't necessarily always had the proof Yes. You were in the moment. Yeah. Yes. yeah. She mentioned, I don't know if you heard, she mentioned privacy, that we don't have to be reporting on anything. You know, like these days, our, I watched something, by the way, on Facebook. Yo, scary. So, but thanks for mentioning that. And then I think difficulties is because we grew up and our parents struggle. We want to give our children everything that we could That we have, didn't get. So. But two, where to strike the balance. Okay, okay. Thank you. Now we're going to do something strange. I'm going to ask the baby boomers to vacate their land. Can you, can we expropriate you? Can we, <laughs> can you leave your land? And then I'm going to ask both. I know it's a big group, but it does work. Just picture it. Let's work with it. I'm going to ask two groups to come and step into baby boomers land, physically, come and step into this land, and then we'll ask you questions. Please come, the two groups, come and step into this land. Physically, go and feel what it is to be in that land. It's an after lunch exercise, you move. While you are here, for about uh, five or so minutes, again, it will be in three or four groups, four groups that you group yourself. These are the questions you have to answer. This exercise is called constellation. There's something about the physicality of being where they were. So you're going to be discussing how does it feel to stand in this land of baby boomers? What's important here? What can you learn from this space? And what are the challenges and pressures that you think the people in this land have? What help and support do you think they need from other generation? What do they get right? What is it that they got right in this land? What would you want to honor in this land? What souvenir would you take from this land? Discuss, you can make it in three, four groups about five minutes of discussion. Answer, it doesn't have to be in this order, but this is the package of uh, questions you need to answer. Okay, just two minutes. Let's hear from three groups here answering any or all of those questions. I know we press for time, but just for you to sort of have that experience. Anyone can volunteer to grab a mic? 
Who's got a mic? Okay. Just anything. How, how does it feel to be in their land? What can you honor from this land? What souvenir can you take from this land? Um, yeah, so they, they, they said that they... they said okay, that who's they, talking? Oh, sorry. Yeah. They said they worked really hard um, to get where they are. So the one thing was their work ethic and working really hard is something... Um, that we honor, uh, mm -hmm. whether we approach it in the same way or want to approach it in a different way, that's something that we really honor, honor yeah. for. And if you were to take a souvenir, because you are a tourist, you're visiting, what souvenir would you take from that land? Mm -hmm. Loyalty and commitment. Loyalty and commitment, good. Thanks. Any group in the middle? <laughs> Any second group? Yes, okay, yes. Um, yeah, so we, we kind of um, thought that they had like really stronger communities. They seemed very unselfish. Like they didn't always question like what are they missing out or mm. what sacrifices are they making, whether that's putting them in a worse position. They just did it. Yeah. So as parents as well, they kind of made sacrifices that I'll think about twice. And well, maybe I really want to just make those well. sacrifices for these kids. Mm. <laughs> Not that mm. I have kids, but in any case. Yeah. And also... <laughs> And also, um, I guess the souvenir would be that unselfishness, you know, mm. that, they, that they were willing to give something and not yeah. really think like about generosity, what am I like getting back, you know, maybe a bit, a bit more selfish. Good. Thank you. The boomers, did you hear? Did you hear what they're saying? Huh? So I'm going to ask the exes to, to remain there. Oh, there's a hand, yeah? Okay. I'm going to ask the exes to remain here uh, and the... Uh, Boomers and the millennials come and step into the world of the Gen X and tell us what souvenir do you think you can take from the Gen X land? Okay, just for five minutes, maybe three minutes, start discussing about answering some of those questions. What do you honor from there? What do you think are the challenges? What souvenir can you take from there? Okay, just two minutes. Volunteers to report from here. There are three groups, volunteers. Just report to us. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think the two things that we spoke about in our group... Can we listen to them? The two things we spoke about in our group is like a Generation X parents were very encouraging and very supportive of their kids. Mm. Um, they told you that you could do anything and they also helped you as much as possible to get to, to get, get that get done that, to be yeah. whatever mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing was uh, critical thinking in an age where kind of information is freely available and you can just find everything mm. and believe everything um, just to kind of remember to think about is it really true just to think for yourself as well and not mm. just go with whatever information is available on the internet they used to have membership not they because I'm part of them we used to have membership in libraries <laughs> ne? You go and they stamp your library as you read the books. You don't just Google and voila, everything comes up. So in terms of the principle of reading, you know, when I said to the last group, I actually read one book a month. For me, it has always been like that. Finish one book a month. And it is just part and parcel of some of the souvenirs that, that some people can take from the Gen Xs. Thank you. And there's a hand there. controversial issues. Mm. Um, if one realizes now all this um, child abuse that's now being revealed around the world, yes. we didn't discuss it. Mm. It was under the carpet. I, I'll, I'll give you a personal True. story. When I was 10 years old, I was sent for an eye test at Kruisker Hospital. In the, in the reception area, there's a little kiosk, and the optician was there, and he closed the curtain and said, drop your shorts. And he started feeling my... Yeah. And I knew already then that there were no... That is wrong. Yeah. Uh, connection between my eyes and this thing, and I put my pants yeah. up, and he, and he ignored it. He gave me my eye test. I didn't tell my parents. You when left I went home, I didn't tell my parents because I, I, I would be ashamed. 
they probably would have blamed me. Whereas, you know, general, Generation X would have discussed yeah. it to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm just giving you one particular example. No, absolutely. That Good is example. Completely what gen Good example. Uh, baby boomers are. They do not discuss problem issues. Yeah. Just, and it doesn't mean those issues are not there. Oh, they sit and they grow and, and they... That, and then you see that behavior of alcoholism, for example, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Can yeah. Be. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. The last walk. The last walk, you remain, the millennials remain when they invade your land. Everybody who's not a millennial, go physically stand there. That's the last walk. And tell us what souvenir you're taking from the millennials. Is there anything you are learning? What do you honor? What do you honor from their land? What can you honor? Literally two minutes because we have to close, but we have to hear what you are honoring. Okay, two comments from that corner. Tell the millennials what do you honor from their land. Let them hear. Um, hi, uh, so Let's I said, listen, please. I, I said that the generation definitely seems more caring of the, of the environment. I think our generation mm. made great strides in technology and lots of other areas, but it came at a cost. So this generation seems to care more about it. But I said, on a side note, it's easy to care about that when someone else is worrying about where you sleep and what you eat. <laughs> I think we also said that we admire their willingness to take risks. Mm. You know, we grew up very conservatively mm -hmm. and, you know, try to be very careful in what we do yeah. and their ability to take risks. I think also the other thing that we discussed is because they were born free, they've got less racial hang-ups, less, mm. you know, everything is more open to them and more free to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, now, owing to time, we're not going to do this, but normally what we do after this, we say, picture the following. Picture me having a display cabinet, right? Because the next part which we're not doing is called our land. Picture me having a display cabinet with all the souvenirs from the different generations and saying this, if we have picked the best from all the generations, we honor important things here. We honor important things there. We honor important things here. As opposed to chasing out what you think doesn't belong to your generation, how about building this display cabinet and saying, co-working towards the culture, the inclusive environment that we want, a co-created current and a future, using the beautiful words that you use, that you see in each other's generation. If we were to do more of that, that is why I didn't spend time on the stereotypes of millennials do this, these ones do this. It's just general surveys that have been conducted. The most important thing in your own workplaces, if you were to do these exercises with your team, to say, identify the good that comes from each generation and say, this is the culture of Sanlam, all mutual, discovery, whatever that we want to build, saying this is truly what we need to be protecting as opposed to the differences because there's a lot that we can build with what we call our land and i hope you will take that with you because it is already 10 to 3 and we need to finish thank you very much